whenever we hire a teacher um, or let a teacher go or a teacher departs us, it's, it takes about 10 to 12, if not more, thousand uh, dollars to replace them. So there, there's a huge cost uh, when, a, when a teacher departs us, we have to fill a vacancy. Teacher turnover costs, they average it at about $2.2 billion a year across the United States. It's tough for the students in the building or buildings, great relationships with teachers, and then they're gone. Principals who are spending a great deal of time just continuing to, to replenish their staff. Looking for stories and ideas from other leaders in K-12? That's what we're all about here. Every episode, we bring you an interview with someone in education. It could be a superintendent, a principal, someone in HR, or from instruction, who has a story worth sharing. We spread the word about great things happening in school systems all across America, and we highlight takeaways that you can bring to your own role. From Frontline Education, this is Field Trip. Today, my guest is Willie Watson, Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources for San Marcos Consolidated Independent School District. He's joining us by phone from San Marcos, Texas. Thanks for joining us today, Willie. Thank you, Ryan. A bit of background. San Marcos sits about 20 miles south of Austin, Texas. It's a medium-sized district, has around 8,000 students, close to 1,200 employees, 550 of which are teachers. The community is one of the fastest growing in the United States. Our conversation today really begins with the issue of teacher turnover. It's a topic that San Marcos has been thinking a lot about and working to address. And I asked Willie to tell me a little bit about the specific reasons why they're focusing on this and trying to reduce turnover. Uh, I guess you would say there is a direct evidence that suggests that the more experienced a teacher is, the higher performance of our students, and then also our teachers have the opportunity to be in our systems, to have our trainings, to go through our professional development. Um, they are are stronger. Our students are more successful under their tutelage, and um, teachers overall feel more comfortable, not just personally but also professionally. As you as you look at teacher turnover in your district, but also as we consider the issue across all industries. What what are you finding that the financial cost is associated with that? Wow. When we looked at this um, in our organization, we, we figured that whenever we hire a teacher or let a teacher go, or a teacher departs us, it takes about 10 to 12, if not more, uh, $1,000 to replace them in terms of the training, the cost. We bring them in almost two weeks in advance for different PD. Our students, uh, on average, uh, generally perform less, you know, not as well with new teachers that are new to our system. Uh, so there's a cost there, which is ultimately the main reason why we're in this business is for student success. Hmm. So there, there's a huge cost uh, when, a, when a teacher departs us, we have to fill a vacancy. So you didn't just look at data. You're not just thinking about this issue. San Marcos really decided to try to tackle some of these issues. Can you talk to me about some of the steps that you took in order to um, gauge this issue in your district and then and then to address it? Sure. One of the things that we did was, um, you know, we've, like I mentioned, we've been doing our, our exit interviews and questionnaires for years, and we have found that has been not as successful as we had wanted. So we decided to look at this a little bit differently, like I've mentioned, with not just looking at, we completely revised our exit, our interview. Uh, we actually now have it online, 
So we felt that that is a better way of, again, of uh, obtaining that data. But we also wanted to do some climate and culture surveys for people that are still here and looking at that data and, again, making some inferences and figuring out why people leave before we even get to a point where they do leave. And then now, at that point, uh, yes, we can obtain some data, but it may be too late and it's not very proactive. I, I taught middle school uh, special education in Washington Heights uh, at, a, at a public school and then at a charter school in Harlem afterwards. That's Henry Wellington, founder and CEO of Upbeat, the company that San Marcos worked with to do engagement surveys of their teachers and other employees. And both places where I worked, I worked with you know some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life, just incredible teachers. Henry noticed that some of the best teachers in the schools were leaving. He would work hard to build connections with teachers. He would ask them to mentor him, observe him while teaching, help him grow. And then they left the school where he was working. And he saw this happen several times. He'd be working on curriculum with other teachers. They'd get on the same page, hit a stride, and then, boom, one of them would leave. And I remember asking people, you know, are, are we trying to take a look at why people are leaving? Is there a common trend? Is, is there an issue that's going on? So I went to a charter school and very, very similar thing happened. Uh, very high quality staff uh, left after the third year. And, you know, it just always struck me that th- there could be a, some better data around what was going on and maybe some more preventative measures to, to keep these great people in the building. Henry decided to do something about it. He formed a company to help districts identify what schools are doing well that engages their teachers and also where might there be areas for improvement. We started working with schools to get a really clear sense of the engagement level of teachers uh, through a research-based survey. So I partnered with uh, two researchers. Each had spent about 10 to 15 years researching teacher turnover and we're able to put together a survey that looks at all the constructs and questions that influence retention. And then also bring in the engagement piece around, you know, what motivates teachers and, and what makes them want to stay in these schools. And we use that metric to predict retention at a school. So in the middle of the year, you can get a sense of overall turnover to expect at a school and then the strengths and weaknesses. And then we work with school leaders to come up with next steps to address those issues and to keep their best teachers. Overall, um, we did our, our review. We actually interviewed all groups of employees, and that was important for us. And in our last approach to this, it's not just teachers, but all of our employee groups except our substitutes. So we're talking about all 1,200 employees. So when we look, concentrate on teachers, the uh, area of strength, um, teachers felt that uh, – they were doing meaningful work. Um, they felt that they were conscientious. They felt that, um, that we had a you know, fairly decent uh, evaluation system that was scored up on high. And we was concerned about that because here in Texas, we went through a new system uh, a couple of years ago. And so that was kind of our first check of seeing how things were going with that because normally speaking, you don't normally ask your, your employees, what do they think about their evaluation tool? That's <laughs> not a normal uh, question that you ask. So that was some good data that we received. We also uh, determined that um, that overall, like our elementary teachers, are the, are the most satisfied. 
nine out of ten teachers felt in our school system at the elementary level that there was the, the right amount of principal uh, teacher trust. Our teachers overall felt that uh, 90% of them felt that, that our onboarding um, was at the level it needed to be. Teacher autonomy was at a high level for 80% of our teachers. So that means that our teachers feel that they, you know, have the level of um, autonomy and that they can use their own personal ingenuity to have success in their classrooms. A lot of our teachers felt as well that there was high expectations um, that were fair from our administrators. And some of, those are some of the areas of, of highlights that we were, that we were proud of. There were also some things that came out of the survey that caught Willie's eye, as well as the attention of other district leadership, things that a lot of other districts probably deal with, too, such as career pathways. We have uh, 500-plus teachers, and then we have roughly 50 to maybe 75 maximum teacher leadership positions. And many of those people in the positions that have been in those positions for 5, 10, 15 years. So, you know, if you're a teacher looking for the next step, oftentimes it's difficult. There's just not a lot of positions to move to. And then secondly, uh, many of those people in those positions are not, um, there's just not a lot of turnover. And so for the teacher pathway per se, it's just not as deep as maybe it is for other career fields. So that's something that uh, we, we have found that and our researchers tell us that that is, that is somewhat normal almost in any district. Uh, the area of, of, uh, that we are going to be working even more on is the employer appreciation area. That was an area that did not score as high as we had wanted. And so that's an area of uh, refinement that we're also working on in our school system. So you gathered this data, you spoke with your teachers, you, you, you gained a better understanding of how they perceive different aspects of working in the district. Once you had that data, what did you do with it? Were there particular questions that that triggered for you or uh, particular action steps that that inspired you to take? It did. We came up with our, with our researchers with individual toolkits uh, that every campus principal uh, we met with. We talked about their strengths and, and some of the uh, challenges of, of some of the things expressed by their employees. And we, you know, came up with a plan of action to keep the good things going <laughs> and then also to kind of work on some of the areas that um, maybe need, need some improvement areas. As you shared these results with your school campuses, Willie, what what did it look like as you reviewed that data and and, and tried to determine what it meant. Um, did you draw connections? How did you make interpretations? Did it uh, confirm hunches that you might have had? What, what did that process look like? Yes. Uh, in some cases, it did confirm perceptions that were out there. In some cases, be really honest, we were kind of surprised in, in good and bad areas. And so, you know, we took the survey and what we did was we just, again, just uh, met with all of our principals and all of our supervisors and just uh, went through uh, the strengths and went through some of the areas of weaknesses um, and then just came up with um, just some individual action plans. Here's Henry again. I think the main thing is that the people that really understand what what needs to be done are the teachers themselves, uh, the principals and the school leaders that can really come from a conversation. So if teacher, if they have data to to talk about what's going well and what's not, that can really spark a conversation that can lead to, you know, here here are a couple things that 
that are really affecting everybody, the whole staff, here's something we can do about it. And that can be a really powerful thing to influence whether or not people can stay and to ultimately influence school stability, which we know is, is a strong indicator on student achievement. What did it look like then as you as you tried to put that into action? Uh, did you did you develop a, a plan? How did you create the steps that you were going to take system wide? We, you know, we had the toolkit. It was written out. Um, we had it developed already, but we worked with our principals and we made changes while we had conversations because uh, we wanted this to be also. Um, Developed together, I think there's that ownership piece that you can't forget about. You know, you can't just quote unquote just hand us over and and place it on a, on a principal's lap. We just kind of work with them on on ways to to correct some of those those areas, those challenging areas, and again keep those uh, good things happening uh, to continue. So we let the principals kind of come up with some areas uh, how they feel that they can correct some of these these challenging areas and but we also have this list of, of items of best practice that we can interject to say, hey principal, I know you're maybe at a loss on how you could make some changes in these particular areas, but we have some best practices that are done and throughout the country uh to deal with uh any particular area, whether it's teacher collaboration or employee a principal trust or whatever it is, you know, so we were able to to assist our principals if they didn't have anything that that they thought of that they could do. So within that area, you mentioned uh, principal and teacher trust. An- another one of the areas I believe that you worked on was parent teacher communication. What were some of the best yes. practices specifically that you that you work to apply? What what are the things that you're currently working on in your district to address some of the issues that this survey identified? Just more communication with parents uh, via uh, some of the modern ways of communicating with parents in the communities. Uh, we've encouraged our, our principals to set up um, a Twitter account and tweet uh, items and good things that are happening at their schools, encourage their teachers to have a campus uh, or classroom newsletters that go out periodically to, to uh, the parents for the school to send out a newsletter, to invite parents up for any activity possible hmm. To really strengthen and become more involved in our in the PTA and PTO organizations, getting parents more involved is big. San Marcos strengthened its mentor program so parents could come in and mentor students. They bring them in for sports activities, events after school, festivals, diversity nights, math night. They're starting a district-wide science fair and getting parents highly involved in that as well. And then another major focus at San Marcos has been to try to intentionally bolster trust between principals and teachers. In the, in the area of principal and teacher trust, I know that's something that a lot of districts and school systems are thinking through. Uh, what were some of the strategies that you developed to address there? A lot of things involving more informal communication. You know, we were, we were told and it was expressed in the survey that for some of our employees, they don't really know their principal outside of the school walls and, and they're in their office and, and didn't feel at times that they could be honest with them because they didn't really know them well enough. And so we've encouraged opportunities where 
employees and their principals and supervisors could get a chance to know each other maybe outside of a walkthrough or outside of a, a formal observation or an evaluation conference. And so, you know, we've encouraged principals to do things like recognize birthdays and send appreciation notes. And and when you go in the classroom, um, don't just go in there and just walk in the door or put your iPad and just start writing and clicking and typing away because everyone knows that you're working on a walkthrough. Go in sometimes and just, if they're in an activity, go in and just help them out. Just be a second person in the classroom. Support the teacher. Uh, make sure you edify the teacher in public, you know, so the students know that that the principal is very supportive of the teacher and, and the teacher feels good about that, knowing that they receive public recognition. Have, you know, a holiday Christmas party, have a summer retreat, maybe off site. And um, those type of things that, uh, that I just mentioned earlier was the district is, is providing more resources so campuses can do those type of things because we believe as a school system, uh, those things are very important is to making sure that employees and their and their principals feel comfortable with one another. What I appreciate about your story is that while these are best practices that certainly it sounds like any district could apply and see good results, you're applying them because you looked at data, you identified specific areas to address in order to uh, in order to address this broader question of teacher turnover. So my question is, is what are your next steps from here? Do you have in mind a series of things that you're going to do now in order to either gauge the results of what you're doing or further implement these strategies? Well, um, again, this is our first year of kind of going through this reinvigorated approach. So we're excited to see the results of our um, our engagement survey as well as our, our, our new online uh, exit questionnaire, which, you know, gives us information about people that depart. So we're excited about looking at those two data points this summer to determine next steps on what we should do next year. I'm I'm almost confident that we'll see positive results in many of these areas. And and if not, or if other areas, you know, pop up, we'll we'll come up with some different plans to address those areas. We want to be a choice employer. And and we realize when you look at HR data, you know, across the country, when when employees are surveyed, you know, money is important, and that was something that we um, we looked at in our engagement questionnaire as well. But more often than not, it's it's who you report to is more important. We do want our campuses uh, to be a place that people enjoy to come work. Uh, because, again, there's all sorts of data out there that states that, that an employee that's happy, that feels supported, to feel that they have their principal trust, is a more engaged employee, and at the end of the day, our students will achieve more in those type of environments. The steps San Marcos is taking are already underway, and they hope to see positive impact before the school year is out. Principals had conversations with their entire faculties about how to respond in each individual building, and set up campus-based committees to make strategic changes. I asked Willie what kind of feedback he received from principals. Did they see value in it? Was it positively received? The information I received that they were at the end of the day, Ryan, they felt that needs to be done that way. They had some apprehension about it at first. You know, it's uh, it's always tough. I don't care who you are to sit up there in front of, front of especially your subordinates. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about your faults, 
I mean, you know, I mean, it's the canvas principle is the instructional leader. And everything starts and ends with the canvas principle. So, you know, ultimately they're, they're the one that takes uh, the brunt of the perception hit. But I think that people appreciated that. Our, their their staff appreciated the fact that their their supervisors went through the data. I think I think the the staff members that that work on our campuses felt like, gosh, you know what, you know the seventy something question questionnaire, man, that something did happen with this. This wasn't just something that went into the black box like normal. The normal perception, no, no one ever knows what happens to it. No, they got the chance to see. All these domains, all these areas, uh, you know, to be illustrated in graphical format and, and discussed in a whole group setting. Consistently, what studies show is that schools that have strong stability, meaning the same staff is coming back year after year, are having higher student achievement. And there was actually a study done in New York City that was done by uh, the researcher we worked with on our survey that looked at about 30,000 teacher survey responses from 2008 to 2012. And they found that schools that had better overall staff culture had 25% higher retention and student achievement was higher on math, on the math standardized tests. What that is demonstrating is engaged employees are having a higher impact on students. Engaged employees are gonna be more productive and students are gonna perform better. Retention is critical and we know that retention and stability in staff is gonna make student achievement better, but it's also about uh, employees being more engaged and, and performing better and ultimately more positive impacts for students. That was Henry Wellington, founder and CEO of Upbeat. And we've been talking with Willie Watson Assistant Superintendent for Human Resources at San Marcos Consolidated Independent School District in San Marcos, Texas. Willie, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Field Trip is a production from Frontline Education, bringing you the Frontline Insights platform, a holistic software solution for K-12 designed to help you better recruit, hire, engage, retain, and grow your employees, and provide unparalleled insights into what's happening in your district. For Frontline Education, I'm Ryan Estes. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.